Yes. Hello, hi everyone, and welcome to an edition of Crisis Talk, another episode of Crisis Talk, where you know what we do, we debate, we discuss, and we dissect the issues affecting the Black community. Today is a very, very special episode. Um, we are talking all things corporate, we are talking all things, you know, Black people being in those spaces and like shaking tables in a positive way. Um, and yeah, it's it's a vibey, it's a it's a it's a it's an easy flowing conversation. I think today we're going to be having more of a discussion, more of a dissection, I guess, rather than like a debate. But we never know what um what um what points could be brought up and stuff um on the podcast. But please make sure to listen, like leave a review, tell us your opinions, and um, follow us on Spotify and Denton's there. But um you know the vibe it is Kalimi. we are good we're great over here god is good um we've had a great week over at creation foundation and whatnot so yes um i'm going to introduce our guest who me and i guess we, we met like a few like oh, i think like two weeks ago now um at an event um which you know we're going to get into in this episode um he is a computer science graduate like myself like um and he works at LinkedIn he is like yeah it's just an amazing amazing individual so please Chris like would you like to introduce yourself thanks for me thanks for having me and uh yeah good morning or good afternoon listeners so yeah my name is Christopher uh, Christopher Adieri uh I'm currently uh, I'm a global client director working at LinkedIn I've been at LinkedIn for probably about four and a half years now and my role at LinkedIn is I manage the relationship between LinkedIn and uh, a very select full of our largest global staffing clients. Uh, so my day-to-day -day involvement involves uh, meeting with some of my clients, see key stakeholders, understanding how they can effectively use LinkedIn to help them build and uh, so a strategy on how they can be more successful in their respective roles. So, my team, which are globally based, uh, manage the full suite of things from analytics, recruiting, business development, media marketing, employee engagement, learning solutions. So ultimately, our customers come to us and we help them navigate LinkedIn to ensure they can win more market share. Yes. Oh, my God. I, I love that. That was like a, such a... Um like a great introduction and, and great work that you do and like getting into that because I think one thing that when we have this conversation about when especially when we're talking about the corporate ledger when we're talking about like black people getting onto it it is very much so like I think we need to see more people like yourself um in in, in those spaces to show that and to see that these things can happen for people of minority so my question I guess to you is like like how was it for you navigating the spaces of like the corporate ladder you know coming from computer, a computer science background and um you know when we were at the event you were told you were telling the story about like you know the first job that you went for was like you thought it was one thing and it ended up being another thing so how were you able to like pivot because I think that's another thing that needs to be in this conversation, especially when you're black, you have to know when and how to pivot. Sure, I mean, I, I would, I would say I was fortunate. So you know, yeah, we we spoke at the event, and I shared my story to the very uh, aspiring individuals we, that were present in the room. And my background, so I, I studied computer science, as you said at the beginning of the show. Um, went to Brunel University. I got into computer science just by chance. It wasn't. It wasn't a career that I was actually chasing. Uh, you know, I, I'd been living in my house since 16. I had lots of friends and all my friends wanted to do computer science in college. So I thought, well, I don't want to be the only person who is not with my group of friends. So we all ended up doing computer science at, at Brunel. And I think very, probably two or three years, maybe two years into my, into my degree, I realized that I'm sort of someone who is more, I'm an extrovert. And at the time, you know, we're going back into sort of early 2000s computer science back then wasn't what it is today you know these a lot of these big tech firms inclusive including places like i work right now linkedin hadn't even been established so tech back then was very much your your basic coders you know the only options you had was to work for companies like ibm you know dell hp so it was very sort of quite a very rigid type of uh, work of the corporate world you go into and when i finished um 
I, I knew instantly that it wasn't something I wanted to do. I was an extrovert, you know, I wanted to use my mouth talk, I wanted to sell. I I was just passionate more about talking to people and getting to understand how people, what makes people tick, as opposed to understanding what makes computers tick. And I, um, while I was studying, I, I worked as an estate agent. You know, most university students would have a side gig, a side hustle. Again, back then there was no Deliveroo, there was no Uber. So I worked part-time yeah. at McDonald's and, I, and I, then I got a job as an estate agent. And um, I just found the passion for wanting to sell. And when the, I think going fast forward after I finished university, didn't really want to explore my computer science career. Um, but the market was really tough back then. So I ended up reluctantly having to go to speak to a recruiter, um, thinking the recruiter was going to find me a job in IT. And I ended up turning up and the recruiter spent an hour talking to me about a job. And there was a bit of a misconception. I oh. thought I was interviewed for a different role. And lo and behold, they offered me a job there and then. And I started a job as a recruitment consultant, did that for 12 months, for 12 years. And, you know, again, after doing that for 12 years, I worked in the recruitment sector where I managed um, a lot of our clients who are looking for IT professionals. And I got to talk a lot to IT professionals. And after doing 12 years in that role, managing teams from across UK, Europe, moved to North America, managed teams globally. When I had my first son, I wanted another change. I just felt, okay, well, I've spent a lot of time in the recruitment world. I want to conquer something else. And an opportunity at LinkedIn came up. And again, I didn't, for once, I never really looked at myself as someone who was being held back because of the color of my skin. I always had this mentality that if I really wanted something, why can't I just get it? And I, I, again, I have to admit, I've been fortunate because I look back at my career now, it's always been one person who has sort of said, you know what, let's give this person a chance. I, you know, and that's what's made me get to where I am today. So I have been fortunate, but I, I have to admit, it's looking back at my career, I see it's, I've been one of the fortunate ones who have been able to go through that. And I, I'm happy to elaborate on how I, I felt I navigated it. You know, at the time there was no strategic ploy, but when I look back, it's combination of everything, you know, being in the right place, right time, but actually more importantly, having a sponsor, having an internal sponsor, and they don't have to actually have the same skin color as you, but just yeah. having someone that actually backs you, um, yeah. someone that actually feels that, you know, you've got what it takes, you yeah. know, someone that thinks you've got the drive, someone that got, you've got the ambition. Um, and that's what's led me to where I am today. Okay. So like, yeah, I think there's, there's so much that, um, that I've just learned from that because I think, from, it sounds like you were very you were very good at networking you were very good at you know and you were very fortunate at being at the right place at the right time and also you, the hard work that you put in as well because obviously people would have to see that you did you know you were great at the things that you did for you to for them to see something in you for them to for them to then like want to invest in you so I guess could you just like um like tap into that because I think one thing that I found is that like you know we always because we always talk about like you know the black community and are we are we really a community and are we really like together in terms of like you know who like you know whether we can help each other out um but you just said something that like you know it doesn't really like you you were you were fortunate to like find people that just believed in you but then I'm sure there must have been difficulty difficulties navigating um certain spaces in terms of like oh how do I approach it or how do I like you know how do I talk like like you know knowing what to say and like you know knowing you know who to connect with because mm -hmm. I think that's a different that's that's a difficulty as well because like if you if you it's like a blank canvas of like yeah. oh, okay I don't know how like how I got x y and z but like you just got here but then it must have been like oh my god like how what do I do I when I'm here yeah well, absolutely so you know yeah a few things to unpack there so first thing to unpack there is mm -hmm. I never grew up as a confident person I didn't lack confidence but I wasn't the most confident person um however what I did have is drive and ambition you know, I grew up, I'm, my parents are really from Nigeria and we have a very, well, my parents were very, very ambitious, very driven, gave us a very good education. So for me, I never wanted to settle for second best. I always tried to be the best at what I did. If I was, and I used to use the example when I used to manage teams, if I find myself doing any type of manual labor, for example, let's just say 
I was mopping the floor. And there were five of us mopping the floor. I would try to make sure my floor was the cleanest floor you could possibly walk on. That was how I was brought up and that's how I, that's how I lived my life. However, to your point, what I found transitioning what I was, my core DNA, that drive, that passion, that hunger to be successful, transmitting that into the corporate world, you're right, it, it was a bit of a challenge because you go into the corporate space and you don't see many people that look like you. Yeah. You don't see many people that come from the same background as you. So even though you're trying your hardest to be the best at what you do, what was quite disheartening for me, especially in my early career, is looking around and seeing people not try half as hard mm. but being given better opportunities that were potentially, that were available. Sorry, because that must just be like, are you mad? Like, what? Well, but, but again, so this is, this is the part. Is how, how did I deal with it? Again, you know, I'm a lot older, I'm a lot wiser now, but I think I look back and how I dealt with it, and I probably didn't deal with it in the best way. You know, I think I would, I'd probably self-implode. But I wouldn't, again, because of the kind of background I'm, I come from, again, we're talking 20 years ago with my early part of the career, there wasn't a space for you to go and vocalise this. You know, who do you talk to about stuff like that in, in the corporate world? You, don't, you can't go to anyone. You can only go to your, probably your family. And guess what your family will say? They'll tell you to suck it up because they've all been through the same thing. You go to your loved ones who are similar colour than you, they would say the same thing, you know, because they're also experiencing the same thing. So how would how did I deal with it back then? Probably just self-internalised it. But the one thing that I would say kept pushing me through was still that core drive of trying to be the best and eventually just blocking out all the negativity around you and not letting it affect you. Did it affect me? Absolutely. But did it affect me to do my work? I still have the drive to be the best at what I did? Absolutely not. Now, I fast forward to where I'm right now. I don't let that hold me back anymore. If I see something that I want and I see that I'm doing something that is better than some of my colleagues, I would vocalize it to the leadership team and say, this is what I've done. I'm highlighting my work. I know I've done the best of what I can do. I'm open for feedback. If you tell me otherwise, give me feedback on what I can do to improve. And then I'll come back and we'll revisit this conversation. And then we'll assess how I can grow from there. That's what I will do now. Back then, I would never have done that. Back then, I would just keep plugging away, plugging away, plugging away in the hope, which, again, I was one of the fortunate ones, that someone would recognize that this person is actually doing a good enough job. Fast forward to where I'm right now, I'm not relying on hope that someone picks up on it. I am confident enough to flag and put my hands up and say, I have done this, and this is what I think my worth is. And that's the difference between how I think society is pivoted now to what it was back then. You know, back then, I keep using the word fortunate. I was fortunate that I was plugging away, plugging away. And yes, somebody probably did spot out the fact that I was maybe unique in what I did. But, you know, in an alternative universe, I may have not had that. I may have not been in the right place at the right time. So I, 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 I have to emphasize again, luck played a significant part but I would love my children. I've got two boys. I would love that when they get to their first career, that it's not luck that gets them to where they want to be. It's hard work, determination, and, you know, sort of just doing, being good at what you do and earning it just based on, on the merits of being good at what you do. No, definitely. Because I, I think there's some, uh, I think I've picked up so much from what you just said. And I think like to people listening, I think one thing that I picked up is that like you have to, you know, you have to, first of all, I think you have to know what you're doing and be yeah. good at the job that you're doing, number one. Absolutely. Because that then gives you the confidence to then be able to tell, the, you know, the people, the powers that be, the people that you need to tell that, okay, I am good at this. I need to then, you know, please, you know, understand that this is what I'm bringing to the table and this is my, my level of experience, my level of expertise. And, you know, if I need to improve, you know, tell me how, but don't disregard, don't disregard the work that I've already put into it. And I think that that's really important because I think experience allows you to grow in confidence because I know you said that you might not have like started off um, 
you know, being as confident as you are right now. But I think because of the experience that you've had, you 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 grow in confidence. Um, and I guess my question is because like you said something about look, I don't me personally, I I think like there's there's a line like um that that someone um that one of my favorite has said um um Nicki Minaj said I'm no I'm not lucky I'm blessed and I would I would yeah. like to propose to you that I don't think I don't think you're I don't think you were lucky I think you were blessed in terms of like you know the ancestors let's say they guided you like I don't know I think oh your oh your parents are your parents prayers um and I think there's there's a lot to there's a lot to um, to tap into that and to speak to that especially being um, especially being black and like you know when we talk about spirituality and stuff and in terms mm. of that that space I think that there's so many things to be talked about in terms of like there are some there were some because there are some spaces that just fundamentally were not made for black people or people mm. from African descent so the fact that we don't manage to be in those spaces and thrive in those spaces I think it's like it's a testament to there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a higher power, let's say. Yeah. Um, because you had you had mentioned that you were living, um, you were living, but I, I don't know if I remember, but you were living by yourself from the age of sixteen, right? Or correct, absolutely, yeah. I was living on my own from sixteen. So that's like, um, yeah. So that, like, please, like, that's that's a, that, <laughs> that must have been a lot because I couldn't imagine like keeping a like that must have been a lot to also navigate as well, um, because. That that must not have been easy. So, um, do you think that there were? What do you think of the statement of being of being blessed in in in, in the? It's. I mean, it, it's a good point. You know, it's whenever I do get the opportunity to have conversations like this, and I reflect back. Again, I I look back at the time. I didn't realize how much I had to do and how many barriers I had to jump through because. With everything in life, when you're in the weeds, when your head's down and you're in the moment, you don't really know how hard your pattern is. When you come out of it and then you look back and say, oh, wow, I have done X or I have done Y. So living from the age, you know, living on my own from the age of 16, purely out of choice. You know, I, I, I'd wanted to be on my own. I wanted to be independent. Um, but at the same time, doing that meant I had to have two jobs to be able to fund my life. You know, um, so going back to that hard work, I was always in that position whereby I had something to prove with most black people who have come from, particularly Nigeria, I can speak for Nigeria. I know there's very much a case of your parents are the most proud when you end up being a doctor, you know, a lawyer. It's how do I make my parents proud of what I do? And whilst I didn't want to be a doctor or a lawyer, it's I needed to be in a position that I wasn't someone who was just going to end up living on the streets. I had to make sure that I was the best at what I did so I could make my parents proud because that's how I was brought up. So, but I look back now and I had to do a lot of paddling. You know, I had to have, you know, th there must've been opportunities that I was overlooked because of the color of my skin, but I never let it get me down um, because I kept saying to myself, well, I'll just keep working, I'll just keep working, I'll just keep working. Again, I look back at my career now there are many things I probably would have done differently, but if there's any listeners who maybe can share some of the experience that I've gone through, the one advice I can give is, I think you called it earlier on, hard work is key. You know, we, we, are, in a, we are fortunate in a position whereby mm. that the world has, I don't want to say the world has woke since George Floyd, but to some degree, there has been a bit of enlightenment. We should not take that for granted. It was a significant pivotal moment in people who have come from underrepresented racial groups. Now is the time to say, okay, well, there's a spotlight on the fact that there are people who are from underrepresented racial groups, but these are the people now who just say, well, I want my work to do the talking. Because in the past, my work would have been great, but I would have still been overlooked because I didn't look or feel the part. So for me, it goes back to the core thing is if you're, particularly in the career world, in, in, in the corporate world, if you are hardworking, and when I say hardworking, I'm not saying you have to work 15, 16 hours a day, but just be efficient at what you do. You know, be someone who can be reliable, be someone you can trust, and just actually do your job. And guess what? Now people will take notice. People will say, you know what, that person is getting this promotion because of the fact that they've 
they, they merit the promotion, not because they are friends of the CEO. So that's the advice I'll give you. Just make sure you actually do the work. You know, turn up when you're meant to turn up. I'll try not to be lazy because what I see sometimes is I see some people who say, well, now that, you know, the world has woke, I can still do half the work and still expect to be recognized. Well, sorry, the world doesn't work like that. In the corporate world, you have to be good at what you do to succeed. Um, or you have to be a strong entrepreneur. You have to think of a new idea. Um, that's what we, we need to be doing more of. And I think there's a, lot, a number of significant talented black people out there who should now be in a position where they're letting everyone know, if I have an idea, put your hand up, be confident, be bold. People wouldn't shoot you down. Well, they probably would. But the fact is, you shouldn't now worry that the color of your skin is going to make you not be the person selected. The confidence that we've always had now needs to come to the forefront. Ooh, I like that. The confidence that we've always had now needs to come to the forefront. I like that because I think that there is, there, that when we speak of, because when we talk about like history and when we talk about um, everything that's happened to within the, the black community and stuff, I do think there was an, now this is just me, I do think there was an attack on the black, on like people, on Africans and like the spirit that we had of, you know, confidence and how we mm -hmm. approach certain things. So that then that then turns us from being able to be like, okay, how do I then, you know, navigate these spaces? Yeah. But then I think that we one thing that I am, I am, I am, you know, trying to like, I guess, um, you know, recon reconcile with this, like, was there like a plan? Did you have like a plan of like mm. saying, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna do this, then do that, then Ooh, like question. was there a plan or was it just by happenstance? Not by happenstance, but like, do you get what I mean? Like, oh, a very good question, and I'm glad you pivoted to that because <laughs> the simple answer is no, there wasn't a plan. Oh, you know, this wasn't, <laughs> I'm not some sort of like, um, yeah, I'm not some sort of genius who sort of had like five chess moves in her head. I wish I did have a plan, you know. Hopefully, my, my wife or no one at work is listening right now, but yeah, no, there, there, there was no direct <laughs> plan, it was, it was just, but I think that's a really good point because that's a skill. But I think, and again, this is just me personally, I think that's a skill that particularly people from the black community need to probably sort of hone. And again, let me just rephrase that. I would talk for myself. If I probably had a plan, I may have got to where I am right now quicker. But I didn't mm. have a plan. I still got to where I think I should have been. And I, I have to emphasize, I've said it so many mm. times, but I was probably one of the fortunate ones who was able to fall onto a plan that has ended up being where I am right now. And I think the reason why I didn't have a plan is because I felt for the very early parts of my career that I wasn't in control of my own destiny. And what I mean by not being in control of my own destiny is just because I was the hardest working person just because I was the person who maybe had the highest grade, just because I was the person who, you know, did the most hours, didn't guarantee that I'll be the person who would get the next job or get the promotion. And that always happened. I won't say always happened, but I mm -hmm. always in the back of my mind, I felt that because of the color of my skin, there was a possibility that if it was between you and someone else who didn't look like you, what are the chances of you getting that? It's not a 50-50. It's a probably more of a 90, 10%. So as a result, when you don't feel like you're in control of your own destiny, it's hard to then put a plan because even if, even if your plan goes according to plan, someone else can come and say, well, actually, yeah, sorry, it's not going to happen. But that's where I think we need to get better mm -hmm. at doing this. Actually, if we now are better at formulating a plan and saying, I want to get to, I'm here today. You know, right now I work for LinkedIn, I'm doing X put in a plan to say, what's my next two career moves? And that's something I would strongly recommend anyone listening to this who is currently in a corporate world. Don't think about the next job you want. Think about the job you want after that job. That's where the plan starts from. Mm. Because then mm. you can start to work backwards and say, okay, when I get my next job, the job after that is what I'm really going for. Where, what are the things that are within my control 
where the pivots I need to make, how soon do I need to make those pivots to ensure that I'm actually on track to getting the job after that job. So for me, that's a really good segue because you know having a plan is key, particularly in the corporate world. You don't have to be too strategic about it, but having a strong idea of where you want your career to go. And the reason why I said, I think personally, we that's a skill I wish I had earlier, is when I grew up, I talked about my parents earlier on, we had the order of life pretty much is you're born, you go to school, you get an education, you get married, or you get a job if you're, if you're a man. <laughs> and if you're a woman, you get a job or you marry someone. And that was, that was the order of life. There was, after that marriage and getting a job, there was almost not a next step. step. Because that's how mm. life seems to have been for maybe our parents' generation. However, if you look at some of our other non-Black colleagues, they grew up in a slightly different type of mentality, which is, yes, you might go through the first three steps of life, you know, you have education, you know, get married, get a job, but it's how do you become the CEO? How do you become the director? How do you become the yeah. entrepreneur? So they almost had that extra step, which I was never privy to that. It was just, you get a job. <laughs> you get a job, you pay your bills, and that, that was it. But actually, that next step of, well, how do I do X? How do I become this after I get my job? That part I was never privy to. And that's something now that I've been working on. You know, If my son wants to be an entrepreneur, okay, well, brilliant, you want to be an entrepreneur, but actually, what do you want to be an entrepreneur in? You know, what, what problem are you trying to solve? Mm. Not just, I want to be an entrepreneur. It's, that's when you start thinking of two, three steps ahead. I hope that kind of makes sense to you because it's 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 it, it actually triggered something in me that I thought maybe it's worth sharing. No, definitely, it, it makes complete sense because, and I think another thing that I I I I got from what you just said is that you, when you said that you weren't in control of your of your destiny, mm. um, how, do you I, I, do you feel like you are in control now? Oh, hundred percent, and that, that's what I mean about you know my career when I I look back now and I said earlier on when I. I probably wasn't the most confident when I started, but now the confidence has come through because I've not, you might still have those limiting beliefs or you might still have that gremlin on the shoulder saying to you, are you really the best person for this? But I don't let that get me down anymore. It's okay, I question myself, why shouldn't I be the best? And if I'm not the best, what do I need to do to be the best at what I do? So being in control of my destiny now means if I do have a plan, my limited beliefs are not saying that my plan is unlikely to happen because someone who doesn't look like me is making the decision on my career. So 100% right now, yeah. I feel I'm in control of my own destiny. Yeah. And I think that this is, I feel like there's so many things that I'm learning from this conversation because I don't from have a plan. You, from what you said and from everything that I... No, no, no. <laughs> no, because, like, there's so many... There's so many, like... There's so many things that I can relate with you on. Honestly, because, like, for me, how I got to, like... Where I got to, like, doing the things that I'm doing um, right now, it was literally by... It was... It, it literally just happened. Mm. But then it, it happened because, like, for example... Um, let me give an example. Like... Um, I, oh, okay. I was, I was working, a, I was doing a job um, um, where I was a um, project lead for like taking young people around different cities in the country to watch shows and to review the shows that they were doing on the podcast because, you know, I do a podcast um, and, um, and then we were in Birmingham. We were in Birmingham one time and I saw some people that looked, that that were in that were in um that were in a collective called Beat Freaks, and I said to them, "Oh my God, you know, can I get an email from you so that I can um you know get in contact and like see if we can like if I can if there's anything that comes up." So they they sent out an email. They said, "Oh, and we're looking for people to join our youth staring staring group," and I was like, "Oh my God, that's amazing! Let me apply." I applied. I got the interview. I got. I I did. I did. I got the interview and then I went over to Birmingham to, to do that. It was amazing. 
um, I got I got into the youth steering group. Amazing. So what that meant is that every 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 like second Tuesday of the month, I would have to go to Birmingham because I wasn't in. I was I, I wasn't from Birmingham. I wasn't from like that area, but I knew that like this is a great opportunity for me to further myself. And what that allowed is that I allowed to. I, I was in a project um, that I, that allowed me to go to um, Rwanda. Um, this was because of a um, of a referee from the from from Beat Freaks that referred me to onto the project. So like I would have never gotten that opportunity if yeah. I hadn't that day just been like, oh my god, like what do you guys do? And like so when I so when I look back, I there, I see a lot of um, a lot of similarities in terms of like things things literally just happened, but. You had I you have to know when to pick your moments and know when to like, you know, pivot and know when to speak up for yourself and know when to network and know when to be like and look, I think I think it, I think there's an there's an innate like sense that like you have to like you have to like feel who's around you and know that okay, maybe I need to like be like, okay, can I can I talk to that person? Can I talk to that person? Yeah and not give up i think that's the thing about that i want people to know where like in corporate in, in corporate britain and like and you're black do not give up like yeah. don't like that, that statement of it's not over to the fat lady sings or whatever or, or whatever it is um it's not over until it's over and i've got yeah. another example about that actually so i was doing i was so i was part of the acs um acs community afro-caribbean community society um, and and I was the vice president in my at my uni. We were doing this event. It was there was just a lot that was happening. We needed a we needed a DJ, but the DJ that we that we had booked, they, like they didn't have the the right DBS and stuff. Like they couldn't pay him. They needed mm. it was just a, it was just a lot. So I just said, okay, well, this is a lot. So we had to let him go. But we were in our student union when that conversation was happening. So I was just like, oh my god. There must be somebody in this place, in this space, that knows a DJ, because the DJ had to be somebody that was from the union, that was from the mm. uni, um, for um, for insurance purposes, yeah. And they had to be somebody that was like, you know, a student or whatnot. So I was like, oh my god, there must be somebody that from this that knows someone. So I literally, I saw a girl and I saw her. I was like, oh my god, she looks like she knows somebody. I, got, I went up to her, I said, hi, how are you? Da, 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 da. This is the situation we're in. She was like, oh my God, yeah, I know someone. Da, 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 da. I said, I said, I said, okay, we'll, we'll like one of one of my friends um had a met card, which was like, which was like the reward system, like which was like um money on on for them to be able to buy things from the union because the union was expensive. I would like that to be known. Anyway, so if you had this card, you were you were like you were like good because you could just spend the money. I never got the card. Anyway, so I was like, oh my God, he'll get you a um, Krispy Kreme's like set of donuts or whatever, you know, negotiated. And then the guy came and played, I played at the event and DJed. And I say that story to say, it was a long story, but I say that story to say that when, whatever space that you're in, don't, whenever, whenever it does look like, you know, the chips are down and like you are, it's over. Don't think it's over. Like there, yeah. there might be that. It might be that little conversation that you have. It might be you just being like, you know, you know, like talking to someone around you. Like, and don't think that like you 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 can't find the help that you need in that particular moment. And I'm sure yeah. you have so many stories like this, um, Chris, where you're like, um, okay, you know, what do I need to do? The chips are down. It's not looking good. Like, let me let me let me let me find something. Um, do you have any any that you would like to share? Well, it, it's it's quite an interesting one because so yeah, it's I would say I have a few, but the one that when you were telling me that story just now, I've always had this mantra when I've lead led teams, it's the will over skill. And what I mean by that, will over skill is when I used to hire people in my team, or even when I had a team, I used to say to everyone. I can teach you the skill to do the job, but I can't teach you the will. If you have the will, I would hire you all day long because the skill can be taught. So that example you gave is key. And I, again, I talked about it earlier on. 
I think it's something we people, particularly people who have come from a black community, and no, I, do, I won't just say black because that's unfair, but particularly people from underrepresented racial groups, they're naturally born with that will. They might not always have the skill, but they always have the will. It's a question of making sure that you don't let yourself get down. When you do end up in those scenarios, absolutely, you've got to just tap into that will. It's, this is not over till it's over. I've been in you know, situations whereby I found myself potentially in a position where I'm going to get fired or be made redundant, not through my own will, not through my own doing, but just maybe the economy wasn't great or maybe the business wasn't doing too good at some point. Obviously, this is way before my current career right now at LinkedIn. But not letting yourself be down about it and just saying, well, okay, if I know this is going to happen, what can I do to help influence some of the decision makers who will be deciding on my fate? It's that's where that will comes in. It's the who are you talking to? Who are you networking with? How are you influencing people that are going to influence your influencer? That's actually a very big thing in the corporate world. And that is for your career growth, but also that's also for you, maybe if you're in a business development type of role, if you're looking to a new business. If you don't know the person that you're going to talk to, how do you influence the people around them so that when you reach that person, that person already knows more about you than you'd know about them? In the example I would give, right now, when we're all going on holidays or we're going to restaurants, one of the first things we do is we look at reviews. Those reviews influence whether we're going to go and watch a play or whether we're going to go on a holiday. And that's, you can bring that into your work life, which is if you're influencing the people around you, if you are in a position where you know it's a top spot, how are you influencing? What kind of conversation are you having with the people around you that they will then feed that back to the person who is probably making a decision and you not having to directly go speak to that person? But that's where the will comes in. Because some people think, oh, well, you know what? There's no point. You know, if I'm, if Joe Bloggs is going to meet with me tomorrow and they say, you know, you're not going to get that job or you're not going to get that promotion or you're going to be fired and you've given up. Well, actually, you having a conversation with three or four people in and around your work circle just to showcase some of the work you've done, you know, the, the, the additional impact, the additional value you can bring. Having those conversations, one of those three people might then have that conversation with the person who's deciding your fate and say, were you aware that, you know, Kalumi did this? Were you aware that did that? It's like, oh, actually, I didn't know that. That's a new piece of information, which might make me change my mind. It's not a skill. It's more of the will. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's something I've had to use very, very much in my life. I had a very good manager of mine who taught me that, which is influence the third parties. That's key. You know when you said at the beginning that you're more of like a talker or you're more of like somebody that, like, you know, likes to be interpersonal with people? So. I it, it just I find that so interesting because like those are that's the skill and that's the will that you that helped you that probably helped you stay in like certain jobs that maybe it wasn't it wasn't looking good. So I think that like I think people need to I think another thing about these things is that you need to know yourself and know like okay what skills do I have that are natural to me that I can use in these like in these spaces. So that therefore it can then help propel you or help like keep you in certain spaces that you want to be in. Um, because I think that that's another thing. Like sometimes it's like, oh my God, what are we, what's going to happen next? Because I think that's always the thing. Like, and I like what you said about like, you have to think about the, 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 the job you want after the next job. Because then it's like, you've made a plan you've made you've made a vision you have like some form of a vision that you can then work, work towards um and i think that i think something that i just i guess i would i i would like to you know ask as well as like how was it all like was it all worth it in the terms of like the, the i guess the struggle the the like the times where you didn't know where things were going to end up. Like, how was it? How I know you said that it was about the will 
of being able to drag yourself out of those low points. But mm-hmm. apart from that, like aside from that, how did you, was it the people around you? Was it like, was it just yourself? Like, how did you, like, you know, um, how did you actually manage to like not stay down? Yes, it's just it's just that desire to be one hundred percent and not be the person to first let your parents down, not let your family down. Because for me, when I found myself in that position back in the day, it was are my parents going to be disappointed in me? <laughs> you know, is my mom and dad not going to be happy with the fact that I yeah. didn't succeed? Um, you know, I've been living on my own since I was sixteen. Well, it's it's I didn't have a choice but to make sure that I did keep pushing through it is tough to do having very close friends and family could help but it does come back to well if you back yourself if you believe that you know what I can really do this even if you come across hurdles it's okay you know what if this opportunity isn't there I would be able to get another opportunity might not be the best thing but I know I'll get myself another opportunity that will get me back to the route I want to go to again it wasn't a plan but more of, if I knew that I was trying to go for a job at Company X and I didn't get that job at Company X, I had to make sure that I got the next job at Company B. Or I left such a good impression in my conversation that maybe that person I'm speaking to would refer me to someone else. So it is, it is a tough yeah. thing to do because it does come down to the personal, like the, the individual, how strong you are, how resilient you are as an individual. But like I said before, I think a lot of us from underrepresented racial groups, we've naturally had that. We've been resilient in everything we do, but we probably didn't realize it's a skill. We've just kind of taken the resilience as a, it's something we have to do on a day-to-day basis. Yes, because you spoke to something that is so important and so true. And I think everybody like listening and whatnot is that pressure of trying to make your parents proud. And I think that can come with a lot of its own, um, with a lot of its own baggage. I would like to say it can come with it. It can come with its own, with a lot of its own, um, it, with a lot of its own pressures of like, oh my god, my parents, my parents, my parents. Um, and that can help. That can that can either help propel you, or it can really like, you know, make you like it can draw you back, and. Um, because like you know I think you know coming from you know a minority background I think our parents are the ones that we want to like do it for um and I guess like you know like like one of my final questions is like like now that now now that I guess that you have children or now that like you know you're in this position um to like kind of you know help people come up how what advice would you give or how would you try not to make sure that like the next generation or like you know they, like they don't it's not like that 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 wants to make your their parents proud um isn't a isn't something that is is a, is a deterrence from mm. actually doing the thing or isn't something because i feel mm. like that pressure from parents or like that perceived that pressure from parents can be like oh my god or that perceived yeah. pressure from parents can be like, oh my God, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this. And you might just be like, oh, like it might just like deter people. So like any any advice, like any advice for for that for people who might be who might who might just have a lot of like, you know, pressure from parents and like it might just be overwhelming for them. You're you're absolutely right. You know, I it's it it was good for me in my in my early career to have that pressure, but I don't think it's well, for me it's probably not the best type of pressure you want to have because you're right, it can set you down the path that is probably not ideal. Um, I would personally say it's, it's probably about wanting to do what you feel you want to do. And what I mean by that is, and I know it might sound very vague, when we talk about pressure, pressure does come in different forms. So there's pressure, like I mentioned earlier on, I grew up in my early part of pressure, from my parents you know, to be successful. Pressure from the culture I grew up in. You know, if you've come from a good family, you've got to basically end up being someone who does something good with your career and does something good with your life. 
But then there's also that pressure of, well, actually, now that I'm a father, my priorities are what am I doing to help my sons have a successful career and a you know a better life than I probably had when I was growing up. Not to say I had a difficult life, but actually, how do I make my 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 sons, you know, my offsprings, how do I make their life a lot more comfortable than I was? That's the new pressure that is driving me. It might sound really crazy, but my pressure is how do I make my kids have more of a comfortable life? And it might sound similar to the fact that I had some pressure. I say I don't want to use the pressure, but you know, sort of influence on making sure that I didn't want to upset or disappoint my parents. But for me, it's from the early age, I'm having a conversation with my children now. It's, it's only four, one of them is four. It's whatever you want to be, I'm here to support you. That is what's driving me. But if I need to support my, if my son says he wants to be a national, for example, as a parent, I've just got to make sure that he's got the right tools to support him to choose in that path. But also, even if he doesn't get to that path, am I there as a comfort to help him bounce back into what he wants to bounce into? My generation, particularly with me, I don't think we had that option of, well, if you say you want to be a doctor, you decide not to be a doctor. <laughs> well, those conversations are two different things. So for, I would say for people listening, it's yeah. find what drives you and let that actually be the thing that puts pressure on you to be, to be what you want to be. Because, but the, whatever drives you, and it, it might be for some people, it might still be the fact that it's their parents that drive them. Well, that's fine. But you need to have something that is driving you to keep going forward because that's where that, we talked about earlier on, if you don't have that drive, that's when that will starts to sort of fade away. And as a result, when you come through those difficult times, when you come through those difficult challenges, it's very easy for you to say, you know what, I've tried everything I can do. I'm not going to sort of do this anymore. And I think that's where we people, particularly people from black communities, that drive is always there. But now it's a question of just having that conversation, being comfortable to say, this is what I want to do. In my workplace right now, I have full confidence. I can speak to my manager or my senior leadership team and say, this is my personal goals. This is my personal aspiration. How can you help me achieve that? I don't think I would have done that 15 years ago. No. I don't think I would have ever done that pre-George Floyd because you're sitting there, the grin on your shoulder is saying, why are you bringing any of your personal stuff to the work environment? Does your manager even care about this? Well, actually, they should because that's your personal drive. And if your personal drive allow you having a strong personal drive naturally feeds to your professional drive because everyone does something to help them get to X. So if I have a personal drive to, you know, to have five houses on my streets, that's a personal drive. That would then lead me to say, well, to do that, how can I afford that? If I speak to my manager and say, this is my goal, this is how much money I want to make, then how are you going to help me get to that place? 15 years ago, 10 years ago, I don't think black people were having this conversation in the workplace. But I think a lot of our potential white colleagues were having those conversations, but we weren't even aware of it. Yes, and I think that to me just says a lot because you know what it says? It says that black people still manage to thrive. And like, like I said before, black mm -hmm. people still manage to thrive even though they were, they were Hard not- working and successful. They, 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 that's not what was meant to happen to them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they, yeah, exactly. Um, and, it's, and I think, especially when you mentioned like the whole George Floyd, I think one thing that I found that it was just very, it, it was just like, oh, like something mm -hmm. like this had to happen so that society yeah. and people in the corporate world could, could be like, oh, we need to change. And I think, and I think that's another thing that I'm like kind of reconciling with is like, because when we see what's happening right now in America and whatnot, in terms of like, you know, like I think black trauma is so, it's just, it's just, I, I, it's just, whoa, it's just a lot. And I think that like what we as black people, I guess we need to do is we can't stop, we won't stop and, the fight is still on so i guess like you know everybody listening like it is important to know it's important to know your history it's important to know what you want to do it's important to have 
that drive, that willpower, that like that 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 determination, that grit from from inside, that grit from the ancestors, whatever you whatever you believe in, that that grit from God, that that can propel you to keep going to get into until you get to wherever you wherever you want to get to in whatever field that you're in. Um, so I guess I, I like my, you know, my last question is to you is, and I, I, by the way, side note, I think it would be really good to play Monopoly with you. Like, in, <laughs> Monopoly why is that? Because I think like, because Monopoly really says a lot, okay? Like, it feels like it's just good to see how people play Monopoly in terms of like, okay, what are we doing? What deals are we making here? Are we playing for um, real money or so yeah, money? So yeah, Monopoly yeah, would be really good. For real money or fake oh, money? See, well, with me right now, yeah, with me right now, right now where I am, let's just play with the board. Let's just play with the board and, yeah, with the, with the money in the board. Let's I'll, bring my, I'll bring my own dice. Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh. Um, but um, I guess my, I guess my, um, my, like, final question to you are, like, you know, just rounding it up, like, what would be your... I guess what would be your like top three like advice? Like what would you say like, you know, how like what would you how would you like round up your your journey and to 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 let somebody know you might be you might be in your in in your position just starting out like how you were um all those years ago. So my top three advice, geez, put me on the spot here. Um. I have to, the, the, the first, I mean, because I've said it a lot of times today, I have to say the first one is, is just having that drive, that desire, you know, call it having a, having a will, have something that gets you out of bed in the morning. You know, have that as your, your mantra that keeps you going. It could be anything. It could be absolutely everything, anything. It, so have something that gets you out of bed in the morning. And that is a, that's your North Star, that's your drive, that's what keeps you going. Because at some point in all our professional career, we will have challenges, we will have difficulties, we will have setbacks. And most people, if you don't have the drive that keeps you going in what you do, when those setbacks happen, it's very easy for you to sort of say, I'm out. And guess what? You have to start all over again. And whatever that drive is, has to be powerful enough to get you out of bed in the morning. So that's the first piece of advice. Have that drive, have that will. The second piece of advice, and again, this is probably more personal to me, is let that natural proudness that we have as Black people, you know, a lot of Black people are very proud of being Black. Be proud in what you're doing, but also be comfortable to say to people in your workplace that, you know what, I am good at what I'm doing. And be comfortable to tell people that. That's probably the second advice. And the third one is actually seek for advice. You know, speak to people within the workplace. Have conversation and say, can I get feedback on what I do? Be open and honest about of, of hearing feedback on yourself. Because if you don't know where you can make improvements, it's hard for you to actually make those improvements. People are sometimes very concerned about what people have to say about them well i'll rather tackle it head on if mm. i know right now in the corporate world i'm quite happy to speak to my colleagues and say what feedback do you have for me i'm trying to get to x you talked about this having a plan if you have a plan have conversations with people around you be open and honest and say my plan is to get to this position in this time period what feedback can you give to me that would help me get there what do you think i'm not doing right that is stopping me from doing that. Again, I have to call this out. We probably would not have been comfortable doing that pre to George Floyd because we're worried of our insecurities. We're worried that one negative thing, you know, it's that cliche of, well, I'm the only black person in the room. Why do I want to say or flag anything that would make me be, that would give me more of a target on my back? Why do I want to put my head above the ground and let anyone know that I'm even here? It's like, keep my head down, and just plug along like I used to. I don't think that's what's going to get us to where we want to get to. Actually, being in a position to say, I'm here for a reason. I know what value I'm having. But being open and honest and saying, what feedback can you have for me as a person that would make me better at what I'm doing right now? 
and not feel any repercussions for having that open and honest conversation. So that's probably the, 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 thing, the thing I would say. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank you so, so much for this rich conversation. I feel like I've learned so much. I feel like there's so many things that I can like take away. And I hope everyone listening has had that as well. Now, for everyone listening as well, I, um, I, I think that this conversation is for people and it's for, it's for everyone really, but it's also like, I think um, it, I can understand that like some people might be, might have different, um, they might have different paths, they might have different struggles in, in terms of like, you, you know, what, 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 how they navigate these spaces. So especially with like, you know, people dealing with um, mental health and like, you know, um, and, what, and, what, and what that comes with. So I would just like to say to everyone that's listened to this um, podcast, that we listen to this podcast um, episode. Um, obviously, we are, I think we are talking and we were like, we're trying to, you know, give our, our advice for, for, from, the, from, the, from the experiences that we've had in life um, and, and, and experiences that we've, we've seen um and so I, I just wanted to say that so that like because I know sometimes people things like to be like misconstrued or like, mm-hmm. like to be like twisted and in, in, in ways of like people always say because people can people can kind of make this conversation as like oh like we were just saying oh like you know just do it and like yeah you know in, like imagine if you didn't have like you see what I'm saying so yeah. I, I just wanted to say that that like obviously you know when you have if you have um um you know um you know challenges and like you know whether it be mentally or, or otherwise like that that like you know find 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 your own find there are ways that like you can still um make it and you can still like you know do that in a way that is safe for you as well and it might not be you know and some days you might just need to stay in bed or whatever or do whatever you need to do but also understand that you know there is something within you that you can tap into um when you are ready to do that as well um so yeah i just wanted to say that and i hope that means then um but yeah it's a good call out it's definitely a good call out absolutely um but no i have loved this conversation i thought it was just so yeah so reflective so like um like yeah just 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 a lot of like of, yeah I just I just really loved it um and I hope that everybody listening loved it as well so um please Chris tell them where people can find you like tell them tell them where somebody. yeah sure oh you can find me on LinkedIn yeah. <laughs> absolutely yes you can find me on LinkedIn um <laughs> basically connect to me on LinkedIn um just yeah, I'm happy to connect to anyone give advice um Happy to share, you know, I, I think as you called it out, you know, we are, I don't think I have all the answers. I'm still figuring things out as I go. Um, I talked earlier on about being in the right place, right time. So, but wherever, you know, if, if someone wants to just bounce ideas, have conversations, or even give me feedback on what I've just discussed right now, more than happy to say, you can find me on LinkedIn um, and just connect with me, Christopher Adieri. And Adieri spelled A-D-E-Y-E-R-I. Period. I love that because I think that's another thing about this conversation, like names. I think it's really important that like we from African background keep our names and like say <laughs> our names because like, well, that's just another conversation. When <laughs> that's for another episode. Yes, that's for another episode. I, I would love you to be on that episode too. Um, <laughs> but no, this has been um, Crisis Talk. We've talked about like being black and the corporate world and what that looks like and what that means and how you know we can navigate that and also we understand that like these are our own experiences and I think that this is this is this is a space of like conversation like we want to learn from everyone and and I think that's what this is a that's the space that we we try to create over here at Crisis Talk and Creation Foundation. Chris coming on I've really enjoyed it um, I thought it was an amazing like conversation, and I think there's so many things that I've I've learned so from this. So thank you so much. Um. So yes, please guys, make sure you like, you comment, you subscribe. Make sure guys that you give us a 
um, a rating, um, especially on Spotify, that really helps us a lot. So give us a rating, tell a friend to tell a friend, share it, you know, to anybody that you know that wants to get within the corporate world, whatever, in, in whatever shape, in whatever shape or form. Um, and yes, please, like, you know, just continue to do the best that you can do and whatever that best is for you, let it just be. And thank you so much for listening. And we will catch you on another episode of Crisis for Yeah.